Everybody and their mother is injured. Let's talk about that. Good morning, Panthers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers Podcast. I am your host, Wes Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Thursday. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for starting it out with me. Today I'm going to be talking about all sorts of things. So first off, Jonathan Taylor has been given a deadline of Tuesday to find a trade. Apparently now the players have to find their own trades, so... That's a new thing. Not that it really will affect the Panthers at all. You can go back and listen to my podcast from yesterday about Jonathan Taylor in the running back room. But long story short, we're not getting Jonathan Taylor. So, But just something to keep an eye on for your fantasy squad. Um, also, another thing to keep an eye on for your fantasy squad, injuries. Oh my goodness. Good lord. I don't know what's going on. Well... I do know what's going on. We signed a bunch of injury-prone players and expected them to not get injured, or hoped they wouldn't at least. So we've got DJ Chark with some sort of hamstring injury that you just know is going to linger all season. We've got Miles Sanders with a groin issue, running back, not receiver, but still. We have um, one of our other running backs is injured, I think, either Spencer Brown or Blackshear, leaving us with basically three running backs, which is why Cameron Peoples, I think, is finally going to get his shine tomorrow. Uh, we've got LaVisca Chenault in concussion protocol. <sighs> and we've got Terrace Marshall with some sort of back issue. And then we've got guys on our team who <laughs> came from us who are getting injured. McCall failed his physical, which, and let me specify here i'm 99 sure this is true if it's not totally correct me whatever but i'm pretty sure a team has to give an injury de- designation to a player if they cut him with an injury so i don't think the panthers knew about this knee injury or mccall had hidden it from them or it just happened and he hadn't said anything about it and then they happened to find it on the x-ray or mri or whatever it is they do for physicals i don't know but so it's not like the Panthers cut McCall and we're like, let's not tell anybody. This is why we cut him and he can sign with another team. Or saying, oh, that's why the Panthers got rid of McCall. I don't think that's true. I don't think that they're allowed to do that. They have to give him an injury designation if they are aware of an injury. So Because the Patriots picked him up off of waivers and he failed the physical. So, yeah, I don't think that the Panthers knew about that. But he got hurt. So all in all, really, the um, oh, and Dante Jackson was hurt with I think an ankle injury. Maybe Chuba Hubbard's the one who got injured with ankle. It's hard to keep up at this point. Either way, we are getting destroyed with injuries right now. I've been saying pretty much the whole preseason. Well, I count anything before the regular season preseason. So also training camp. I've been saying since then, like the only thing we want to do is get out of here without injuries because I knew about the history of our receivers and our running backs. Miles Sanders has a history of soft tissue injuries. DJ Chark, history of injuries. LaVisca Chenault, history of injuries. Terrace Marshall, this is the first for him. So that one's the most concerning to me. These others, you know, you come to expect it at this point with those players. You can't ask them 
to come in here and then do something they've never done. I think neither of those guys have played a full season at this point. And if they have, it's maybe been once. But one thing we do have working in our our way in some capacity is that these guys are on pretty short contracts. Outside of Miles Sanders, Terrace Marshall is, this is the third year of his rookie contract. He was a second round pick, so it's four years long. And then you've got, not that we want to get rid of Terrace Marshall. I'm just saying, we don't have a whole lot of capital invested in him if he is, if he turns out to be injury prone. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, this is his last year of his contract. DJ Chark is on a one-year contract. So we don't have a whole lot of resources and assets committed to these guys who are injured. But you do hope that they are able to turn it around because Bryce Young is going to need all the weapons he can get. We already spend almost less than anyone else in the league on offensive on the offensive side of the ball. So that might explain a little bit of the struggles that we have had up to this point in the preseason, which honestly, at this point, you want to spend money on guys who deserve it. So I don't know if we'll make a big splash in free agency next year. Maybe trade for a receiver. I don't know. But this is starting to get ridiculous. And it's a little bit hard to watch as a Panthers fan. But it is also a good thing that we are able to carry 90 guys to the deadline. So um, August 29th, we're going to be carrying all 90 of our guys until that point. Frank Reich has already said there really is no advantage in his eyes to cutting guys early. He wants a long look at all of them. Which also might come into play as to why we have been playing guys, our starters, a little bit less. Someone like Bryce Young has gotten a max of like three series. He hasn't even made it out of the first quarter yet. So that could explain a little bit of it. He did mention that all four quarterbacks will probably not play in this final game tomorrow. So I would imagine the odd man out there is probably Andy Dalton, considering that he's like a 10-year vet, and they already know what they've got in him. So uh, Bryce Young will probably only get two or three more series, and then it's the real deal. At that point, I'm a little bit disappointed in that fact. He keeps mentioning all these reps that they're getting he's like they've gotten a ton of reps in training camp or practice or whatever that may be and I realize that preseason is not the same as regular season obviously that's something I've been preaching for the past two weeks but I would like to see Bryce Young get some more reps and at this point I think fans in general are a little bit frustrated with Frank Reich and the product that has been on the field and also his Play calling has been very suspect already in a lot of people's eyes. And also his, he seemed pretty grumpy at the last, uh, at the last uh, press conference. Whenever he was being asked questions, he was giving some one word answers. You could tell something was bothering him. I don't know if they had a bad practice or he was, he kind of felt bad about the injuries that were happening. Because at that point we weren't sure how serious the DJ Chark injury was. So, all in all, I'm not really sure where Frank Reich's head is at right now. He, The reporters are all kind of asking the same questions at this point of, do you feel like the team is ready? Do you feel like they are where you want them to be? What's the injury update on insert player here? Honestly, Frank Reich could probably just sum up all of the answers in five minutes and then be done with it. And honestly, I wouldn't blame him if he did. At this point, it's kind of kind of tough to tell uh, where we stand uh, Frank Reich obviously is going to say that we're exactly where he wants us to be, regardless of the result or what's going on. But 
I, I really do wonder in his heart of hearts what he thinks about where they're at. If he thinks they're ready, if he thinks they're not. Um, at this point, we have only had like five series with Bryce Young in our starting offense. And then with our defense, we haven't had any series with our starting defense. And our coaching staff has gotten much better, theoretically speaking, especially when you get rid of Matt Rule, that's already a net positive. So I do believe in this team, but at some point we are going to have to see results. And if we don't see them in preseason, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But everything is going to start snowballing once we start week one against the Falcons. If we look rough against the Falcons, then it's going to be, I told you so, the preseason matters. They looked horrible then, and they look bad now. And if they do well, then it's going to be, well, it was just the Falcons. And we'll see if they can keep it up. It's always like the Panthers have something to prove at this point. Even when they were undefeated back in 2015, 2014, 2015, whatever year that was. 2015 was the Super Bowl, so yeah. I always forget how they label NFL seasons, if they label it by when the Super Bowl was or if they label it by when the start of the season was. But I was, it, the Super Bowl was in 2016, right? Because it was the year I graduated college. So 2015 season. But even then, it was like, oh, they're only 13-0, and worst undefeated team in history. It's like, okay, whatever. We always have something to prove. So that's fine. I also think it's weird that we were playing the Lions in preseason and we're playing them in the regular season. I don't remember the last time that happened. I looked back a few years and I couldn't find an instance in which we were playing a team in the preseason and then we turned around and played them in the regular season. But we will have played the Lions. Considering that neither of us made the playoffs, we will have played the Lions three times in less than a year. Because we played them back in, I think it was December. I remember it being record-breaking cold maybe it was the beginning of january we might have played them three times in the same number year in 2023 if it was january i believe it was i don't know off the top of my head i think it was like january 2nd or something like that when it was just unbearably cold and then we played them again tomorrow and they were playing them again in october so i wonder if there is a recorded time in which a team has played another team not involving the playoffs, three separate times in the same year. That would be nuts. And it's it's not even a team in our division. That's crazy. That's the crazy part. I mean, even with division opponents and the playoffs, you're probably not going to find that to have happened many times. So that's kind of a cool little tidbit. But also it's important to remember this preseason is against teams that would represent the hardest part of our schedule. We play four or five playoff teams this year, um, I'm not counting the Bucks because they were a playoff team by default. But if you want to count the Bucks, we also have the Seahawks, the Dolphins, um, the Bucks, Seahawks, Dolphins, and then uh, oh my goodness, the Cowboys, and I think there's one more Vikings. Vikings. So we play five, and then I think there might be one other one that I'm forgetting. Either way. We basically play, those Those are the best teams on our schedule, outside of the Bucks. those other teams. The best teams on our schedule. And I would say that the Jets are right there with those teams, or at least they're supposed to be. I would say that the Giants are right there with those teams, and they were last year. And then the Lions are everyone's hot pick to make it to the playoffs and to make some noise this year. That's like the trendy pick this year. 
which I don't know if I buy that, but that is the case. That's that's who it is. It's funny because everyone clowned the Lions for the trade they made with the Rams, but now the Lions are supposedly in a much better position than the Rams are. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But we don't have a very tough schedule this year. And this preseason would represent, excuse me, goodness, would represent probably the hardest part of our schedule. So we are playing quality teams in the preseason. So even though the result may be not what you want it to be, at least it is against teams that are very solid. We're not playing this way against crappy teams who aren't any good. I don't even know who the worst teams are going to be outside of the Cardinals and probably the Bucks. But we definitely don't play them this preseason. So if we were looking like this against them, I would be a little more concerned. But these represent two playoff teams that we've played so far and another team that most people are picking to make the playoffs at this point in a weaker division with the Packers losing Aaron Rodgers and um, with the Vikings possibly taking a step back this year after winning, I think, 11 games by one score or less last year. And the Bears being the Bears. But, yeah, the Lions are probably the pick to win that division this year. So we're playing against three very solid playoff teams at this point, all of which have good defenses. And Iki Aquanu in our offensive line is going to get another test. I don't know if Aiden Hutchinson is going to play, but he's going to be another good test for our offensive line. So we'll see how they look again. At this point, they have been mildly concerning. But again, I'm going to trust their their resume over a couple of series. I mean, at the end of the day, we've only had five series at this point, for better or for worse. That sample size is not significant. It's not something that I'm going to base an opinion off of. I'm going to more so trust the full season of work, the full body of work that we had last year. And I'll continue to do that until the first game. After the Falcons game, that's when I'll really kind of hunker down and say, okay, yeah, there's problems. But until that point, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And also, I mean, I was probably on some hopium, some copium, whatever you want to call it, before the season started, I was quoted as predicting maybe even 11 wins this season. But if our offense continues to look the way that they do into the regular season, we're obviously not going to have 11 wins. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed rooting for them to figure it out. We've already got our doubters. Chris Sims, who you might remember, is the guy who had Zach Wilson rated as his number one quarterback in that class. And his number three quarterback was that guy from Texas A&M. In between them, he had Trevor Lawrence as number two, implying basically that the Jaguars should have picked Zach Wilson and let the Jets take Trevor Lawrence. What? But yeah, he has his doubts about Bryce Young, saying something along the lines of, after what he's seen so far, he can't believe that Bryce Young is the first overall pick because some guy at the gym couldn't believe it or his wife couldn't believe it, who knows nothing about football, supposedly. Uh, he was implying, basically, that even someone off the street could look at Bryce Young and say that he's not a first round, oh, first overall pick, was what he was saying. But I don't really know what that is supposed to get at because someone off the street who doesn't know anything about football, wouldn't be able to evaluate that kind of talent anyway. And someone who did know about football, but maybe not as entrenched, maybe they're just a casual football fan, would 
probably get most things wrong as well. A lot like the GMs in the NFL. They you could just what would you show them even like highlights of these players in college or highlights of these players in pros? I don't really know how you'd show them highlights of Bryce Young since he's only been in five series. If Chris Sims was a quarterback in the NFL still, which he's not, and he wasn't that good to start with, but if he was a quarterback in the NFL, if you just took five of his series, if you just took five of the worst series of any quarterback, if you took Peyton Manning's five worst series or Tom Brady's, and you just showed him to someone on the street, you'd say, wow, this guy sucks. He shouldn't be drafted by anyone. And then everyone would be like, you're an idiot. That's Tom Brady. You should have picked him first overall. Yeah, let's play this game of someone off the street looking at five series from a preseason game. What? <laughs> Come on, Chris Sims. This is the problem I have with these talking heads on TV. They really just say whatever to get views. It's like Stephen A. Smith saying that Lonzo Ball can't stand up on his own power. And then Lonzo Ball's literally showing a video where he can stand up on one knee. And then Stephen A. Smith flips to it going from he can't stand up on one knee to he's not healthy. It's like, that's not what you said. And when Chris Sims has to eat his words, I don't want him to say, well, at the time, Bryce Young hadn't performed very well at that point to my defense. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Because that is already the case. You already know that. You already have that information. You already know that he's only had five series to really show himself in a preseason game. So you didn't preface it with that. You said he does not look like the first overall pick. Whatever that means. What is that supposed to look like? Jamarcus Russell was crap. Does he look like Jamarcus Russell? Because he was a first overall pick. What about Peyton Manning, who set the record for most interceptions in a rookie season? Did he look like the first overall pick? Huh? What about Robert Griffin? Wasn't he like second or third? Second, I think, in the draft behind Andrew Luck. And he won rookie of the year. And he was out of the league and like, Really, I mean, he was out of a starting role in like three years. I think Kirk Cousins took his job, which is so funny because I feel like the Redskins football team, Red Tails, whatever their name is, they have some great players. They just end up being great somewhere else. And they ruined the only good thing that they had in the past few years with Robert Griffin and asking him to play on a bum knee. But... I really don't understand that statement. And we already know Bryce Young is not a prototypical quarterback. And when I say not prototypical, I mean there's literally no other examples of his body type and height and stature as a quarterback in the NFL. Now, I mean, not even not successful, not unsuccessful. There's really not any data on it at all. So welcome to the first time that there's ever been a five foot nine quarterback in the NFL who weighs, what, 185 pounds, 190 pounds on playing weight? Yeah, it's going to look a little bit different. There's no way to evaluate this at this point. There is no precedent at this point for what we are seeing. So whether or not you want to say anything, right now at this point, the only thing that we can say is our offensive line has taken a step back at this point. I don't know if it's because Austin Corbett is really that important or if just something is going on mentally with our team, or if they just overperformed last season, maybe a little bit of all three. That's all we can know for sure. And then all we can know for sure is that we don't know anything for sure past that. We don't know about our receiver room yet. 
because we haven't had them for any amount of time at all, and they've been injured. We know that they have a history of injury. How about that? And we don't know jack squat about our defense. Period. Nothing. Because Brian Burns has not played it down. Derek Brown, I don't think he's played. If he has, he hasn't played much. But we really don't know much at this point. So anyone's making sweeping claims or freaking out or anything, we really don't know that much. How would you feel if we won both preseason games by 35, say? 35-0. Won both preseason games. You would be doubting it a lot. You'd be asking a lot of questions like, oh, I don't know. Um, It's just preseason, so everyone chill out. You'd be saying that, probably. You'd be saying, I'm interested to see if they can carry it over into the regular season. You'd probably feel better than we do right now, admittedly. But you'd also be very cautious. You would say, ah, let's see if they can carry it over. I'm not getting my hopes up. Here's these historical examples of these teams who have gone undefeated in the preseason, who went on to lose every game or lose every game but one. I think the Lions or the Browns one went 4-0 and and then 0-16. and You'd be, you know, pairing things back, using your head, saying, all right, let's think rationally about this. But on the flip side, it's happening the opposite way. Where we're losing, we're not looking great, and you are jumping to the conclusion. Or maybe you're not. That's fine, too. I'm just saying, if it was the opposite, and we looked really good this preseason you would temper your expectations and say, let's just see how this thing plays out. So let's do the same thing for these losses and just say, all right, let's see how this thing plays out. For better or for worse. I mean, it's not going to do any good to get all worked up over something that hasn't happened yet. You know, preseason doesn't count towards anything. I would always like them to look good, opposed to not look good. And I really do hope Icky turns it around. I just need a little bit of confidence in Icky right now. Because I don't know if he has any confidence in himself. But that's the only thing I'm truly a little worried about. Well, two things. I'm truly a little worried about our offensive line and that they've regressed to the mean. Maybe they overachieved last year. That is a real concern. I'm maybe not as worried about it as other people. But I am somewhat worried about it. If the scale goes from not at all worried to somewhat worried, to a bit worried, to worried, to very worried, to, oh my God, this is threat level midnight, we're doomed. I am probably somewhat to a little worried about our offensive line, and I am worried, like straight up worried about the health of our wide receiving core. And we knew that that was going to be a problem coming in. DJ Chark all these guys have a history of injuries and we brought them in on these cheap contracts because of that. But we don't have a whole lot of depth at that position. I think that we're going to have to have some guys step up. Um, And cuts are happening too. I mean, we've already mentioned we're going to be hanging around there at the waiver wire to pick up any guys. So even the 53 who are there aren't safe. If we cut... The what is it, 37? No, that's yeah, 37, 53 plus 37, 5 plus 3 is 8, 90. Yeah, if we cut those 37 guys or 27 and then put the other 10 on our practice squad, well, they have to go through waivers and then they're on their practice squad, right? And then other teams can take them if they want. 
That's how Buckler got taken from us, right? So if we choose these 63 guys, that's not necessarily the 63 we're going to hang with because everybody else has gotten 37 players too. So that is almost a 1,000 players that are going on the market that we might be interested in. And I'll tell you what, if there is one position in the NFL that is deeper than all the rest, it's probably wide receiver. It's probably wide receiver because that is one of the deepest positions in the NFL, especially the modern NFL. And I think there is a world that exists in which we cut someone like Shai Smith in order to pick up somebody else who got cut from another team. So don't rule that out yet. It very well may happen. And within the next five days, teams are going to start getting down to 53. And I think that we are going to find at least one guy who we want to keep. You know what I haven't heard much from is Bumper Pool. I was very interested to see him come into this as one of the leading tacklers in the history of the SEC. I think the leading tackler in Arkansas history. And we also use a top 30 visit on him, but I have not heard anything about him. I don't know if he'll start off on our practice squad or if we're hoping that he'll clear waivers for that or maybe we're he's just not performing to what I thought that he was capable of. Maybe he he came back from I think double hip surgery. So and he's he's mentioned that he's perfectly healthy and even better than before, but what else would you say? If you're trying to sell a car, you're not gonna say this thing is a piece of junk and I rode it hard and fast and put it away wet. You're not gonna say that. So he's trying to market himself and sell himself. He's not going to say, I feel horrible. This surgery didn't do anything, and you should not pay me to play football. So, yeah, I wonder what happened to Bumper Pool. I'll have to check in on him. I don't I haven't seen much about him. Bumper Pool is someone I'm interested in. Cameron Peoples, I'm hoping to see something out of those two tomorrow. And Wims, I want to see. I keep wanting to call him Mims because of Denzel Mims. But Wims... I want to see what he can do. He got targeted a lot, so fingers crossed for him. I hope that he's able to show out, at least for our sake and his sake. We really need one of these receivers to really make a breakthrough. I would say that's Shai Smith if he was new, but we've seen what he can do, and I have not been impressed up to this point. He is a walking heart attack. He's going to give me one every time he touches the ball, but he does always seem to get open. I don't know if it's just because of the competition or what, but he is he he's best at getting open out of the receivers that we have outside of our starters. As far as depth goes, if Shai Smith has shown anything in the past regular seasons, he would very easily make this team. If he played in the preseason like he does in the regular season, we would all have our doubts. But during the preseason, it's like, well, wait a minute. This guy can actually play if he can put it together. And that's what we've been saying. If he could put it together. There's a lot of guys on our team right now who are if he can put it together guys. If he can put it together, DJ Chark, if he can stay healthy, either one, interchangeable. If he can stay healthy, if he can put it together. Those two. Man, Terrace Marshall, if he can put it together. Well, he's both now. If he, he Tommy Trimble, if he can put it together this year, he could be George Kittle. We gotta have some guys put it together this season. Our line has to put it together. Bryce Young, he gets a pass this year. Whatever he does, doesn't matter. He's a rookie. If he does well, awesome. He's ahead of schedule. If he doesn't, awesome. He's a rookie. Right on schedule. You're not gonna make me 
fret one way or another. That's fine. So, all in all, hoping for the best, expecting the worst. No, I'm not expecting the worst. We'll be fine. But this Lions game will be a good one. I think we match up well against the Lions, at least historically speaking, especially last year if we whooped their tail, set all kinds of franchise records. So we'll see how that game goes. I'm excited about it. And then we'll get a chance to turn them, turn around and play them two months later. So we'll see how we progress and see if we really did have anything to be worried about. But whatever the result, you know, preseason will be over tomorrow. So we'll all get to speculate. I hope we end on a good note so all y'all can chill. But if we don't, you know, it makes it more fun. Hope you all have a good rest of your day. Have a good Thursday. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Mm-hmm.